Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to the Bean for Wednesday. First of yesterday's news, I and Glenn ZFB were looking back at Tuesday. And uh, the, the Australian ball tampering saga, it won't go away. Certainly not as long as some of the uh, some of the evildoers' wives keep chipping in. Uh, uh, who our flag bearer is going to be at the Commonwealth Games. Yep, that's happening already. Uh, the fuel taxes that were announced yesterday. Uh, what do we make of all that? And some more Jesus Christ Superstar news. I know you thought it was over, but now it's back. Uh, but before any of that, uh, Warriors, 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 Warriors. The Warriors are not number one. It doesn't matter how much you hear it. It doesn't matter where you hear it. They are not number one. On the ladder. They are number two. If you don't believe me, go look at the ladder. This, this fake news that they're number one... Uh, they were momentarily over the weekend because, um, because St George hadn't played. But they are number two. And the points differential is something like, uh, they've won the same number of games, but the points differential is something like 49 points. St George Illawarra are just playing phenomenally. I don't think any better. I don't think any better than the Warriors. But just a matter of getting things right. St George is number one, the Warriors are number two, the points differential is everything when it comes to the crunch. You know, you get to the end of the season and the points differential plays a very, or can play, a very, very important part in the game, in who you play in the first, in the first round, in where you play in the first round, in all sorts of aspects. Well, just keep it in mind. If they get to number one, by the way, I'll be ecstatic. I'm ecstatic now, I have to say. My resignation from their support team last year has done them a world of good. Yeah, it's, it is a bit annoying uh, how tables work like that. It's like the Chiefs, who've uh, actually got a better win-loss ratio than the Crusaders, and yet the Crusaders are ahead of them on the table because they've played an extra game. Uh, these tables. We need to look into these tables. Anyway, not that I'm bitter. Uh, but unlike uh, some of the Australian cricketers' wives who apparently are bitter and have gone public. Oh dear. I'm also not sure why you'd subject your kids to it. I mean, I get travelling as a family with your partner's sport is ideal, but if you think you're going to be a target or sledging material or make matters worse, don't go. And when you see them turning up in Sonny Bill Williams masks, leave. It was one thing to have Warner himself break down in a tearful apology. It's quite another to have her telling us how upset she is too. At the end of the day... He is where he is because he broke the rules. He showed a stunning lack of judgment and morality and sportsmanship. People aren't going to just pop that to one side because his wife's come forward to say she feels bad and feels responsible. She's also said she's an emotional wreck and that it's killing her. Well, given that, counselling is probably the only place for her to be working that through, not the media. Warner, for his part, though not directly attributing the abuse of his wife as a contributing factor in the ball tampering, has now lawyered up. See that? They claim... They weren't properly, well, he says, wasn't properly supported in South Africa. Cricket Australia dismissed this claim, of course, but as so often is the case in these ugly spats, both Warner and Steve Smith have hired high-powered legal teams. They're looking to challenge whether the sanctions they've received are fair. Apparently, they feel the severity of the penalties are too excessive. Well, given this, and given the depth of public interest in it, although sympathetic with Warner's wife's plight, it's probably best for her sake that she steps off the pitch now. Uh, so, of course, uh, Kate herself, uh, the spouse of a reasonably high-profile personality who sometimes cocks, cops flack from the general public. 
Um, of course, he sometimes cops flat from her in public as well. And me, for that matter. It's hard, hard being Mike Hosking sometimes, I think. Anyway, uh, now, uh, who's our flag bearer going to be at the Games? Sophie Pascoe will be the flag bearer for the opening ceremony of the Com Games. The Com Games that there's got so little interest in that TV3 sent one of their anchors who interviewed someone off a show called The GC. Now, that's not a sign that there's no interest in the Commonwealth Games. I'm not quite sure what is. I mean, could you be bothered? But anyway. But Sophie Pascoe will carry the flag. Thankfully, it's the old flag, not the the new flag. We could be grateful for that. There there isn't a new flag. What's he talking about? The, The old flag is the new flag. I, I, there, there is no new flag. We, we decided not to have a new flag. I mean, it's not an old flag, it's just the flag. I don't quite know what he means by that. Um, that's a bit of a surprise, isn't it? Everybody just assumed that Tom Walsh would be doing it. I think they'd forgotten about Sophie Pascoe and probably forgotten that that was even a possibility. So, uh, Look, I'm trying to care about it, all right? Get off my back. I, to be honest, I can't even remember what we were talking about now. Uh, so let's move on to the next one, which is the fuel taxes, which were announced yesterday. Do you think that it's possible that the National Party were also considering fuel increases? So the ministers have said that, and that has been publicly reported uh, late last year. Newsroom uh, received a couple of documents uh, from the Ministry of Transport, which uh, showed that the last government was looking at between 10 and 20 cents a litre increase to pay for uh, some of those roads that they were promising on the campaign trail. Mm. Is this the best way to, to pay for roading projects to raise fuel taxes? In my view, no. Um, it's, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of different things that road taxes pay for. They pay for public transport, walking and cycling, road safety promotion and, and roads and, and a few other bits and pieces. Uh, so you've got a lot of different modes in there uh, and we've got only one way at the moment really of raising revenue for that which is road taxes and uh, it's it's a, it's a little bit unfair on, on certain parts of the country so the road tax will be paid for motorists across the country and this is for mostly public transport in, in Auckland and Wellington and some of the other cities so there'll be people in Waitomo or, or Southland that won't be getting a big cut of this tax, but they'll be contributing to it. So in in my view, we need to be looking at other ways of raising this revenue. Mm. You might say this is justified in the short term, but I think in the next few years, we need to be looking at other ways of raising revenue, whether that's congestion charging or road pricing, which is where people in in cities and regions will pay precisely for the roads that they use, uh, even down to sort of the, uh, the nearest metre. Sam, is this something you would describe as a regressive tax, which is a tax which uh, you know pings the people at the lower income levels harder? Uh, it, it definitely does. Uh, so ministers have talked about uh, using this revenue to pay for more public transport to some of the poorer regions mm. uh, within um, Auckland and, and Wellington and other other urban areas. But there are poorer people ac- across the country, and yeah, if you're, if you're paying these. If you're, if you've got a diesel car, you're paying a flat rate of six cents a litre. That's not regressive. A poor person who, who drives one kilometre is paying as much as a rich person. doesn't matter what car they have, provided it's a diesel car. But when you've got a petrol car, how much tax you pay depends on how much 
fuel you use, and that depends on how fuel efficient your car is. And poorer people in general have older cars, which are less fuel efficient. You don't see poor people buying hybrid vehicles, which cost very little to run in terms of petrol, for example. Mm. Uh, and and some of the some of the poorer Maori and Pacific Island families, which are bigger, have bigger vehicles, which also churn through more fuel. And my own analysis, which I've just been doing this past week, shows it's it's very regressive. So Maori families will pay 14% more in petrol tax than non-Maldi families. Right. right. So, um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> petrol goes up and down anyway, doesn't it? I just hope it means I can, there are less motorway closures. That's all. I'm, the motorway was closed in completely different places again today when I was trying to come in. It's just, I, I know it sounds paranoid, but I do feel like they're just doing it to make my trip into work as complicated as possible. I know that's probably not the case, but it just seems that way sometimes. Uh, and another thing that's not all about me is Jesus Christ Superstar. NBC had one of their live musical events uh, over the weekend uh, where they had famous people uh, like Sarah Bareilles, John Legend, and Alice Cooper singing the song I sang in my recent production of Jesus Christ Superstar. Now I asked a question about uh, this song and the song of course is King Herod's song from Jesus Christ Superstar. Hey, aren't you scared of me, Christ? Mr. Wonderful Christ! You're a joke, you're not the Lord! You are nothing but a fraud! Take him away! It is a brilliant performance of King Herod's King of the Jews song and I said do you know can you guess who's singing this guess Uh, it's Alice Cooper plays Herod's Jesus Christ is played by John Legend and there's a wealth of other superstars as well in a new production of Jesus Christ Superstar on US screens and it's actually going off and it's just brilliant. And I think the casting of Alice Cooper as King Herod is possibly a piece of casting genius. As with uh, uh, John Legend, I've heard him singing Gessleth Wayne. I can never say that word. And he is just impeccable. Go to my Facebook page uh, for a link and follow it, and you'll be watching musicals all afternoon. Can you really not pronounce Gethsemane? That's disappointing. Uh, also disappointing that he thought that Alice Cooper was good. I I mean, I may be biased, he, but he just stood there and sang, whereas I tap dance, believe it or not, when I did it. Wow. I, I made it look like I was tap dancing. The, the, I had dancers behind me who were actually tap dancing and I just moved in a similar direction to create the illusion of a tap dance. You should have seen it. If you didn't, you missed out. I am Glenn ZB. It's not all about me, uh, but that was News Talk ZB. We'll see you back here again tomorrow for more.